What's up, guys? It's Mark from Florida Says Podcast, and I'm recording another podcast. I haven't recorded one in quite a while, and I wanted to talk about some stuff that's been on my mind, um, especially with all the stuff that's happening in sports and uh, sports being canceled, and you know, not knowing whether or not sports going to start in the near future or not. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about is having a victim mindset and how dangerous it can be. Um, you guys don't know what a victim mindset is. Um, I'll give you the definition. Victim mentality or victim mindset is a, an acquired personality trait, keyword acquired, um, in which a person tends to recognize or consider themselves as a victim of negative actions of others and tends to behave as if they were the case in the case contrary evidence to such circumstances. Now, um, basically, like you, you find fault in it. Like, every, not, nothing is your fault. Everything is out of your control. And... You know, you, you have an excuse for everything. Um, there's always somebody to blame. Now, a lot of professional athletes have adopted this. Um, two in mind that come, you know, come to mind right now: um, Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James. Um, if you haven't heard my rants on them earlier, um, either via Facebook or Instagram, um, you know, stay tuned. But I'll get back to like other details on how to deal with victim mindset. But right now, I'm just going to give a little rant. Um, if you already heard it, you know, you can press fast, fast forward and you can, I'll leave the timestamp at the bottom in the description. But, you know, this whole victim mentality is really taken over and a lot of people have been running off emotion lately. Um, and for good reason, but they're not, the, the logical or the normal train of thought for human beings is emotion, thought, action, ETA. Um, what people are doing right now um, is a, a lot of eating. They're doing emotion, action, thought without even going through the thought process fully. Um, you, know, uh, you know, recently we had, you know, July 4th, you know, celebrating Independence Day, you know, awesome American holiday. And our, our, our my favorite athlete, Colin Kaepernick, had to go ruin it with this tweet. Um, about how you know, Independence Day is racist and is full of white supremacy and all this stuff. And I've already, I, I find Colin Kaepernick very um, hypocritical. Um, this is a guy who has benefited a lot from white supremacy, I would say. Um, adopted by a wealthy white family. Um, gave him everything in the world he could ask for. Went to all white schools, excelled at these schools and sports, had an had the opportunity to receive the scholarship to a predominantly white school, was drafted and became a millionaire quarterback in a white-owned NFL. Right, you know Roger Goodell's a white guy. Um, in you know during his career, he ended up throwing a lot of interceptions and he got benched. It wasn't because of his skin color. He was just Athletic-wise, you know, he wasn't doing the job. So he threw his little temper tantrum, you know. Took a knee during the National Anthem, which brought a whole bunch of publicity. Um, did it in the name of social justice, which, you know, if that's true, you know, for the most part it is. And, you know, that's a noble cause. But then, you know, he gets kicked out of the NFL or no no team wants to, wants to deal with him because it's such a headache. Which, you know, playing the victim, yeah, it is a headache. Becomes, you know, 
a social, uh, a so-called activist gets an endorsement from a white-owned Nike, you know, and then he becomes, you know, so he's a rich man getting already getting richer, and now he's getting the new Disney contract, you know, for uh, a miniseries. You know, this this is a guy who hates white white supremacy, but is benefiting a lot from white supremacy. I, I would say, um, it's just very hypocritical, uh, hypocritical of him, and. Frankly, I can't take him seriously um, because, you know, before he decided to become a social justice or social activist, um, you know, he was tweeting and saying, you know, wishing everyone a you know, happy Independence Day, you know, God bless America. And that was only a few years ago. So I, I don't know where the switch happened. Um, I, I don't know. Um, if you can't read my um, sarcasm via... A podcast. Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you, you have to see my facial expressions for this. But um, you know, it, it's it's just very idiotic at this point. Um, I, I don't take him seriously. Um, I don't think I've ever taken Colin Kaepernick seriously, or pretty much any NFL uh, athlete at this point. Who's like I said before, I don't I don't watch the NFL. I don't watch professional sports because I feel like they lost. Oh shoot, that's not good. Um, I, I feel like they lost um, touch with why they got into the game at first and like I said they they've eventually sold their soul to the almighty dollar um now in LeBron James case LeBron James is a fantastic athlete you know he has so many good qualities and does a lot of charity work and every part of my being wants to think he's a good guy but my gut says not to trust him and so far in recent history, like he's he's shown that like ah, there's a reason why I don't like him. So um, earlier this year in January 2020, he was at a charity basketball tournament for his son, LeBron James Jr. An orange peel was thrown at his son during the game. Um, you know, ref stopped the game and you know quickly tried to solve you know you know who threw it, uh, find the culprit for it, and LeBron was so quick to assume that it was a racist act that he tweeted, hate knows no age. Luckily, the James family is built and ready for it. Okay. You know who the culprit was? The culprit was an eight-year-old superfan, Jacoby, who's a biracial child, um, has several LeBron James jerseys, one from when he was on the Heat, when he was with the Cavs, and two with the Lakers. Has a Laker, LA Lakers-themed bedroom and he issued a public apology on YouTube. An eight-year-old issued a public apology on YouTube, which is embarrassing. Um, and he said the only reason why he threw the orange people was he wanted to get the attention of LeBron James Jr., Bronny, because um, he's a fan of him. And that's normal for an eight-year-old to throw a, tantrum, or a temper tantrum, um, especially if he's meeting you know, or seeing one of his idols and he wants the attention from it. Like, that, that's normal, but for somebody to assume that's automatically racist is crazy. It, it really is. And then, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess LeBron James out of, you know, driving in LA. Uh, LA has a large homeless population um, for some reason. I don't know why. Um, he decides out of his good nature, he needs to tell a home. He pulls over, tells a homeless man about his white privilege. Um, pretty much scolds him and, t and tells him all this stuff about you know how he how he has all this privilege and all, all that whatnot. 
And man kind of just didn't want to deal with it. He kind of just like, hey, are you going to help me out or not? So instead of offering him a job or giving him a meal to eat, um, LeBron James said he was going to donate $100 for Black Lives Matter in his name, um, the homeless man's name. Good job, LeBron James. Like, that's that's a real class act of you. Um, you know, that's... You, you did so well for that man. Like, tell him about his white privilege and then having him donate, you know, the Black Lives Matter. Like, they're your, you're a real hero. Um, but that, that's enough about that. Um, uh, I'm going to tune into my, my focus, which was having a victim mentality. Um, yeah, like I said, like, if you have a victim mindset, um, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I, uh, we can't be friends. You're not coachable to me. Um, I don't want to really surround myself with you um, if you have a victim mentality. Um, the, the hard work is all I know. Um, now, I talk a lot about um, aspects of my childhood and then in my podcast, and I draw examples from, from this because this is the only stuff that I know, and this is the experiences that I have is the only thing I can give you. I, I, I only thing I can really base off. Um, you know, my whole life I was expected to work hard for what I wanted. Um, nothing and no one would be able to stop me if I worked hard. Um, that was what I was brought up to believe. You know, my skin color didn't matter. Um, it was all based on my character, my hard work. Um, that's what I was brought up to believe. You know, um, there is no limit. Um, I could I could achieve whatever I set my my mind's eye to. Um, now, obviously, there was times in my life where I did place blame, and um, an example of that as a uh, I'll give you a quick story um 2004 2005 um you know i was a swimmer i was probably one of the fastest swimmers in the state of new york um i already swam um, high school varsity for two years and you know as a seventh and eighth grader i was pretty i had a pretty competitive record i was beating you know junior senior you know upperclassmen you know left and right and you know um flash forward to the 2005 season uh, I moved to Florida, which the competition level in Florida compared to New York is miles, miles um, more competitive. Um, just the level of athletes is just absolutely ridiculous. And um, so um, different seasons, obviously. So in New York, um, swimming is a fall sport and or, uh, swimming is a winter sport. I'm sorry. And um, in Florida, swimming is a fall sport. So I really didn't have a lot of time to improve um, going from big meat to big meat. But I, I, I was a competitor, so naturally competitive. Um, uh, as a freshman, I was talented enough to win districts. Um, I was district champ by, I think, like a couple of tenths of a second. And which I allowed me to advance to regionals. Regionals, uh, at the regional meet, you had to be top three in order to make the states. Um, regardless of what class you're in, uh, you know, if you live in Florida back in the day, from like 2005 to like, I think 2010, they had three classes. You know, 1A was the private schools, 2A was the small public schools, and 3A was the big uh, public schools. Um, I was a 3A uh, district champion going into uh, regionals 3A. Um, most of the regional athletes at the time, 2005, were juniors and seniors. Um, I was the only freshman. And, you know, I, I was nervous. Like, if you're nervous about something, it means you care a lot. You know, you're, you're going to be passionate about it. So, obviously, I was nervous. I wanted to 
go to states my freshman year because um, you know I but that's the goal I set for myself so I received my race strategy from my coaches knew what I needed to accomplish um, during the race uh, I remember I was going out I was just too amped up um, I wanted it so bad that I wasn't relaxed for my race uh, made a lot of mistakes, miscalculating turns, not getting up not oxygen in the beginning of the race to, ha- to have a strong finish at the end, and it cost me. Um, I ended up touching fourth by like a couple of tenths of a second, um, not making it to states in the 100 fly, um, which was, you know, it was very upsetting for me because um, I wanted it so bad. And, you know, obviously being a competitor, you know, being competitive by nature, I had an extreme sense of pride, not only because... I wanted to do well for myself, but I want to do well to represent my parents, my family. Um, and I've, I've always kind of been that way. So, um, you know, being 14 years old, I started blaming everyone for the mistakes that I made, um, everything in the race that went wrong for me. And I, I was playing the victim card hard. Um, I was, I remember just going over the race strategy with my parents in the car. I was saying like, you know, all these athletes are bigger than me. All these athletes are taller than me. They're just faster than me. They're upperclassmen. You know, every excuse you can give, you know, I I gave. Um, And I remember, um, I'm going over these race rides in the car with my parents because, you know, my mom was a swimmer. My dad coached. And, you know, this is something that I often did, um, you know, regularly. So they, they knew, you know, how to give me, you know, they would give me advice and how to change my race plan and, you know, what I needed to work on in practice and, you know, stuff like that. But I remember just griping about this so much, this placing and blame about, you know, other athletes that my dad slammed on the brakes in the car. And we were in the middle of 41, which is the, the major roadway in uh, Sarasota. Remember, slammed in the middle, like, slammed in 41, uh, you know, stopped the car in the middle of the road um, and started to scold me. And uh, I'll never forget these words. He said, you didn't make states because you didn't work hard enough. Stop making excuses. Um, stop, yeah, stop making excuses. What are you going to, what's the next one going to be? Like, you're not white enough? Like, cut the, you know, cut the bullshit. Um, that's, that's basically what he told me. And um, it stuck with me for the next year. Um, obviously, um, if you guys know my story, my, my sophomore year of high school, I, I won states. Um, and I think the difference between my freshman year and my sophomore year, not, it was obviously I had more training, you know, training volume in the tank, but I also was completely ruthless in practice. Um, the culture of my team, uh, especially the, my club team, the Sarasota Sharks, was uh, you know, swim fast or get out of the way. Um, it, it was, you know, they joke about the, the pool now, they call it the shark tank, but back in the day it was the shark pit um it was eat you know eat or be eaten like that, that that was the mentality and that was the culture of the team and no one felt sorry for anyone um if you couldn't keep up like go to the next lane like it, that that's how it was um i i came to a realization you know that that year and you know later on that year working hard and all that stuff um that I can only control what I'm capable of. I can't control any other athletes. And I had to make sure that I'm doing the best for me to perform at my best. Um, you know, controlling all the things that I could control from my sleep, uh, obviously training, the extra training I was doing, what I put in my body, and my basic mindset for everything. Um, listening to my coaches about race strategy, 
doing the things that other athletes weren't going to do. Like, well, I dragged my friend Tyler into this, but we were the only two athletes who took the weight room seriously. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it showed. Uh, it, it really did show. And um, one of the books I actually started getting into um, stoicism around uh, around my freshman sophomore year because I didn't realize I was already doing this um, growing up. And the first book I read on stoicism was actually um, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, which I really uh, recommend um, every person, whether you're an athlete or not, to read because it. Don't, I mean, Marcus Aurelius was around, you know, 500 years ago, and his, you know, it, it, it's basically his diary. His diary still has examples and and lessons that can be applied to today. Um, so th- that's that's something I recommend. And uh, you know, the whole victim mentality, especially in sports, it was unacceptable on the pool deck, and you, you know, you'd literally be eaten alive. The coach would, would not tolerate it. Um, you know, uh, I, I remember Coach Brown pulling aside many people and uh, telling them, uh, like, you know, suck it up, Buttercup, and Coach Schofer just kind of just look at you like, you know what, you don't deserve to be on the national team. You know, go to you know senior two and uh, swim with them you know, if you feel sorry for yourself. And not that senior two was, you know, a lesser group, but he just he didn't want you on the on the top tier group if you were gonna have, you know just have a negative negative attitude. Um, and this is one of the things that I learned being around like elite athletes and um their their biggest trait is uh, they don't see themselves as victims um and this is this is a quality trait that i look in for i look at for you know my peer group and my friends we don't fall prey to being victims um no matter what's going on in our lives i mean i know a lot of you know my friends you know you know fellow black athletes um they are all, all hard workers. Um, they they bust their ass and like they work hard and their their talent and their character has gotten them to where they are. It, they obviously there's always going to be obstacles, but they don't they don't let them stop them. Um, none of them happen. Actually, you know what? All my black friends are very successful, and that tells tells a lot. Um, they they don't allow for excuses and they they work their ass off. Um, and I, I feel like if you take color out of it, that's a trait that everyone should have, because um, everyone's going to face obstacles, whether you know, whether you're gay or straight or have a disability or you know, you're black, green, purple, orange, you know, whatever. You're you're going to have obstacles, and I feel like they understand that hustle and hard work is going to get them to where they want to go in life. Um, and it's going to make them achieve their, their end goals. Um, and that's really what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, a, a lot of this stuff is, uh, it, it's common sense, but it, it's very important to talk about. I, I, at least I feel, um, you know, like just being a victim is not something you, you want to, you want to be, um, you know, it, it, it just it shows it shows your weakness and you, you want to be strong um, and you, you can go about it you know several ways you can be ruthless like I was um, if you were in my lane you, you're gonna get run over uh, I didn't care who you were you could have been twice my size or half my size um, you weren't getting in the way of my goals um, and that's you know that's how I, I was at practice and 
you know, looking back at it, was it kind of mean of me? Of course it was. It was, it was so mean. But at the same time, I was 14, 15 years old. I didn't care. Um, but looking back at it, I, obviously I could have done, you know, things differently. But, uh, yeah, you, you can be completely ruthless or you can be cautious about it and, you know, keep to yourself and just work hard. And that's what I highly recommend. And, the, you know, the thing that I would tell myself now, like my, my younger self, is to not be so stubborn. Um, it's a common trait in me. Um, I've, been, I've been stubborn my whole life. Um, but to sit back and listen to the older athletes, my coaches, my peers. Um, hold on one second. Um, yeah, listen to my older athletes' peers about their experiences and how they handle things and what they um, were going through, and so I can learn from them. Um, that you know, that's that's the biggest thing, and that's why I created this podcast so that younger athletes can they find anything from my stories that can help them. Like that, I've done I've done my job, um, and. Uh, yeah, that, that's just one of the, one of the things I wanted to share with you guys. Um, you know, just being a victim is just don't be one. Um, you know, you, you can always be um, you know headstrong and you know you're, you're you're powerful beyond measure. Like that, that's that's a quote that I, I you know firmly believe in. It's like it's not that we're inadequate, but we're powerful beyond measure. Um, and, it, and it holds true. Like I, I get super hard on myself, and I've always been hard on myself. Um, and you know, like when I finally have these talks with like my family members or anything, it's like, Hey, you know, we love that you did things for us, but at the end of the day, like you have to face the person in the mirror, which is you. Um, you're the one who has to put in the work. You're the one who has to, you know, realize that your hard work is enough. And for me, like it's one of those traits for me where I always feel like I I can do more. Um, and then that's just me. Like uh, that's my hunger. That's my my drive. I you know if I went a certain time, I can always go faster. If I did X amount of practices that week, I can always do one more. If I lifted this weight this week, I can lift five pounds more next week. And that, that, that's just my mindset. Like uh, I can always have more, um, and I can always do more. I just I just have to push and you know put it in my my mind that uh, I can achieve these things. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but um, it just means I'm, I'm ready to move forward. And um, what I recommend for young athletes to do is, um, this is what I did, an example, I would take a notebook, um, just like the one I have here. Um, take a notebook, write down your, your goals for this year if you're an athlete. So um, I'm training this one kid, he's a high school football player doesn't know what position he wants to be but uh, I think he, I think he does now but um, he wants to be a wide receiver he's like alright I want to be a wide receiver this year I want 100 catches this season it doesn't even matter about I want to 100 catches I want to make sure my routes are clean I want to in the weight room I want to squat you know 225 I want to bench press 155 I want to deadlift you know 300 it's all numbers all over um, and those are just small examples. Like yeah, for me, I know when I was swimming, I had a list of events that I swam in. 
Um, I knew what times made the national uh, made nationals. Um, those are the times I wanted to go. I know I knew roughly what times would make the state meet and what times would win it. I had those written out, um, and I had my 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 dad give me a uh, weight room log. I had that thing filled out, uh, tucked it in a folder. Um, had every weight that I ever lifted, every program I ever lifted. Um, even the coaches had journals, like just books and books of notebooks full of practices and he would circle the ones that I did really well in. Um, everything to get me to the next level. Uh, and it was like a recipe of building a champion. And that's what I encourage athletes, um, if you're a coach or if you're an athlete, to do now. Um, you know, have a recipe of what you need to do to make it to whatever your goal is. Um, whether it's states, nationals, you know, junior Olympics, Olympics, whatever, whatever your goal is, um, have a recipe for it. Um, no, write down your, your goals and then have steps and actions you need to accomplish for it. Um, but, um, yeah, that's all, that's all I got. Um, it is about 10 o'clock at night. I'm going to be heading to bed. So this will be out in the morning. Um, hopefully it'll get you fired up for the weekend and I'll see you guys later. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And this is Mark from Florida Spirits Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at MCOX91. Or you can find me on Facebook at Florida Spirits Podcast. And uh, make sure if this helps you out in any way, if you enjoyed this, um, please you know, you know, share it with another athlete, share it with another coach. And um, yeah, no, thank, you, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, peace.